The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, live on Sirius XM Channel 111 every weekday at noon east. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show. Happy Monday on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We are just hours away from the first test. It's finally time for people to vote in the 2024 GOP presidential race. And boy, were the gloves off this weekend. This is how it goes. Always gets a little ugly, a little fugly at the end. One of the big stories, former President Donald Trump turning on Vivek Ramaswamy. I guess, so my team has written this intro for me, God bless them. But I honestly, I think it's the other way around. Vivek, at some point, in order to get those MAGA voters to vote for him instead of Trump, had to stick the knife in Trump, and he did it. And Trump was not happy. And Trump then turned on Ramaswamy after Ramaswamy turned on Trump. And Ramaswamy's denying he's turned on Trump. I'll show you the tape and you guys can decide. I mean, it's politics. They, they have to stick the knife into each other. You, everybody only gets one vote. <laughs> they only get one vote. You cannot vote for both Trump and Vivek. That's just the reality. And so, you know, since they're courting the same general group of people, at some point, Vivek was going to have to make the closing argument on why he's the man. He did that. It got put on tape and on camera. Trump's displeased. But... Is something interesting there. I think Vivek has got some power because Trump's message, his personal message about Vivek this morning was a little less acerbic than his campaign's reaction. Now, why is that? Trump's not known for pulling back in any way when somebody crosses him or anything, somebody's disloyal. So does that tell us that Ramaswamy has more power than we knew, at least in Trump's own polling or in the estimation of the big man himself or his team. All of it's like a lot of palace intrigue here that we'll get into. Meanwhile, Governor Nikki Haley has asked the most basic question. Is the sky blue? Is the grass green? Does the alphabet start with A and failed the test? I'm sorry, she screwed it up. Can a man become a woman? Completely dodged. and wouldn't give a straight answer. What is it with these politicians? It's a pander. Nikki Haley knows very well what the answer to that is. It's a pander to the radical activist, rabid trans uh, representatives, the lobby. And she failed. That was a fail. She can reverse it. Very open-minded to having her reverse it. Until then, thumbs down. You failed. You gave the wrong answer. Plus, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis breaks her silence on accusations she hired her lover to prosecute Trump. 
and then enjoyed the next several months financially benefiting off the case in Napa and in Florida and in the Caribbean, calling the claims, wait for it, racist. When in doubt, play the race card. We'll show you what she's saying and dissect it together. And we will also hear from the Trump side. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We begin with my pal Dave Rubin. He's host of The Rubin Report. Dave, so great to have you with us on this caucus day. It's finally happening. Megan, if only there was anything in the world that we could possibly find to talk about today. This is very <laughs> exciting. And, you know, uh, it was about six months ago that we had a clip on your show that went very viral where you said to me, Dave, because I'm a DeSantis guy, obviously, here in the free state of Florida. You said to me, these Trump people, they're never going to leave Trump. There's nothing DeSantis can do. And I suppose we will begin to find out tonight. <laughs> well, I think. I think that's right. I stand by what I said. And, it, you know, it's people get confused because in the role that I'm in, Dave, I don't I don't endorse anybody. I don't promote anybody. I don't gun for anybody. I try to keep my own commentary and my show open minded to, you know, anybody who's within a certain boundary. Like I'm not going to be going for some kook who throws his hat in like Asa Hutchinson, who wants to trans children. It's a no. But I mean, in general, I want the audience to be able to make up their own mind between these top candidates. And I've never said whether I'm rooting for Trump or rooting for DeSantis or rooting for Vivek, but I see reality, you know, I mean, and I've seen it from the beginning. He's just too big. He's too powerful. He's too beloved. It, the Republican Party is his. And to me, I think if Ron DeSantis loses Iowa tonight, and by that I mean comes in anything other than a strong second, I think he's going to drop out. They all have to say I'm going, I'm going to the end. Uh, we're going to, it's a lie. I've been covering politics a long, long time. They all say it and then they all drop out when they have a disappointing finish. Um, and I will I totally this. agree with that, by the way. If I, happens, I completely. I'll be sad. I think that, I think Ron DeSantis, while not a talented retail politician, is an extremely talented guy and he's a strong leader. And I think he'd make a great president. Yeah, I, well, I agree with that, of course. Uh, but to your point about what happens tonight, uh, look, we will see. DeSantis went to all 99 counties, as everyone knows. He has really good organization in Iowa. If we're to believe the polls, then he has no chance. So yes, a close second would, I guess, sort of be a win, but anything short of that. And then, you know, it's like he's not going to do that well in New Hampshire, likely. He would then bank a little more on South Carolina. All this racehorse stuff kind of is what it is. But I, I would agree with that in premise. The, the, what is interesting about tonight is that if DeSantis does well tonight, I think all, all people need to see is that there's some vulnerability with Trump. And if they see that, then I think a whole bunch of people who actually do like DeSantis, because as you just pointed out, there's very few people except the most hardcore MAGA person out there that, that doesn't like DeSantis, right? People are like, oh, there's no drama here. They see the results in Florida. They know about the COVID success and all that. But the, the thing that he's up against is exactly what you said to me six months ago, which is this kind of Trump 
monolith and these people are there no matter what. If they see a little bit of blood in the water, I do think it's possible that some momentum could be built. But look, the strategy clearly was you got to win Iowa to get that blood in the water. And, and then we kind of go from there. I also think, Megan, that your analysis of the Vivek Trump thing is totally on point because it had to come to this, right? If Vivek was going to be successful to any degree, he was going to take people from Trump. So if Trump is looking at the numbers right now or seeing what's going on in Iowa, or even just because of the weather where it looks like the, the voter turnout will be a little depressed because it's so cold right now, if Trump's like, oh, if the if the voter turnout is low, that could hurt me. And now if Vivek gets five to 10%, those are people that probably would have voted for me. It had to get to the point where they'd be going after each other Although Vivek didn't punch back too hard. No, I mean, Vivek, uh, I got a lot of thoughts on all of it. Um, so here's what happened, just so we'll get right to that, because that's that's probably the most interesting turn of events. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated in the fact it, that Trump pulled his, he pulled back a little this morning. I want to see very his rare, internal right? data, right? It's it, like never so something happened. All right. So we'll, we'll take the audience through the sequence of it, though, so they can follow the way you and I did. So first things first, we saw Team Trump um, go after Vivek. And I think a lot of us were like, what happened? Why is why is Team Trump going after Vivek? And it was it, we'll show you why. But uh, OK, so let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let's see. Let me see what page it's on. I have so many pages in my Okay. I I think I might have it in front of me. Here it is. Here's what he posted last night. I got it. Okay. He tweeted out or posted Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, quote, the best president in generations, et cetera. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly, but a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped by this. Vote for Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek is not MAGA. The Biden indictment indictments against his political opponent will never be allowed in this country. They are already beginning to fail. MAGA and his team went after Vivek in even more stark terms, calling him a fake and a phony. And they had seen at least uh, this picture of Vivek standing with some, what, eight young guys. They look like in their late tween, late uh, teens, maybe early 20s up to 30s. And their um, their T-shirts have a picture of Trump's mugshot and they read, save Trump, vote Vivek. And this, it appears, is Vivek's closing argument. Save Trump, vote Vivek. Save Trump. I don't totally understand it, Dave. Um, well, and and think- Trump's team also said, Trump doesn't need saving, you fake, and turned on him. And there was also this clip that was making the rounds on social media that then clarified for me a little bit more of how Vivek is making the argument. Here he is with an Iowa voter, a woman. She appears to be, I'd say, in her 60s. And he is trying to turn her. She's Team Trump. And you see it real time. Vivek's closing argument, trying to turn her from Trump. This is a vote he wants to take away from Trump and put in the Vivek column. Watch it. Scared of you. Just they like are. They're scared of Trump. Oh, they're, they are scared. And they will stop at nothing, but we're not going to let them get away with it. I've got fresh legs. I'm not wounded. And they're not going to let this man do it. You know, when you this said eliminate, that gave me a chill. Because I'm scared. Because you think it's false or because you think it's true? I think it's true. Yeah. I think they will stop at nothing to stop them. Stop Trump. I'm, I, it's sad, but it's the truth. They say 
how do you feel about the United States? And I say, I'm worried and I'm fearful. My job that you don't have to feel that way in this country. But we're losing it. We're, lo it, it, we're losing it. It, it pains me to hear people. that. You want to save Trump, you vote for me. I'm telling yeah. you that. You, you vote for Trump. You're sending He's him. A sledgehammer. No, but you're sending him to his own demise. You're, you're falling into the trap that not only a country's falling in, that he's falling. You want to save Trump, you vote for me. Mm, there it is. If you vote for Trump, you're sending him to his own demise. If you want to save Trump, you vote for me. Go ahead. Well, it's a pretty crazy argument to some extent. Like, I get what he's doing there with that person who loves Trump, but, you know, obviously likes him. And he's saying, you know, I'm younger and everything else. But the, the argument sort of falls flat once you think about it for a second, because it's like, OK, if the system is set up and, and he talks about the system a lot, if the system is set up to take out Trump because he is such a threat, then what in essence is he saying? Is he saying, well, I'm less of a threat, so vote for me. You know, like the system will let me in. It's, it's sort of a, it's a really self-deflating argument to some extent, but I see what he's getting at there. Again, I think what Trump thought originally was that, because I really do believe this, Megan, I don't have evidence for it, but I, I believe that Vivek and Trump had a plan together. And the plan was, you're going to go to the debates. I'm not going to. You're going to attack everybody, call them all sellouts, destroy everybody, fight with the media, do all my stuff. And then I think in Trump's head at the end, what he thought was we'd get to Iowa and Vivek, it would sort of be like Andrew Yang, that nobody would really support him. It would kind of look cool a little bit. But then Vivek, to his credit, did get support. He absolutely does have support. And even though he's not my guy, did a really nice job in a lot of those debates and everything else. So it got to a place, I think, suddenly where Trump was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, now I have a problem on my hands because he actually is taking voters away from me. And he showed you how he's doing that in that clip right there. So that's where the tension is. I would also say that to Vivek's credit, you know, MAGA will go on post-Trump. Donald Trump, whether he wins this election or not, or whether he's the nominee or not, the guy is 80 years old. He will not be here forever. Someone will have to take that mantle. Now, I, to me, of course, DeSantis would be a better guy in terms of delivering America first principles. But I think what Vivek is seeing, what Candace Owens, who, by the way, you know, Candace went all in on Vivek and Trump has said nothing, which also shows you there's a little fear in Trump's, uh, in Trump's uh, space right now. But I think Vivek, uh, Candace and say a Tucker are all planning on America first post Trump. And that's really what this is about more than anything else. Mm, okay. So that, that would make some sense. I have some thoughts on that clip. First of all, uh, to me, Vivek is good at making the person feel any person feel like he, he feels their pain. He's there, you know, he, he gets it. What I see as a sort of, you know, old school journalist and having watched these politicians now for decades is he can't get away from her. He, he's he's trying everything. If you watch the full clip, every sentence, he's trying to wrap it. He can't get away from her fast yeah. enough. Yeah. He keeps trying to like, OK, and now it's a hug and goodbye. And that's why I need you to vote for me. Goodbye. And I get it. He's got a lot of people to talk to. But I mean, to me, it just underscores how insincere politicians are. It's not just Vivek. The politicians are insincere. I don't believe any of them when they try to pull you aside, look into your eyes and feel your pain. They're trying to work you for your vote. That's it. That lady seems very savvy, by the way. She seems to like get it. She's like, eh, I'm with Trump. Eh, I don't know. And then, I, you know, he actually manages like the fake cry that in no world do I believe that was actual an actual cry. Vivek is hugging her Whisper. and then he's crying. He's crying. He's not crying. It's that's why I don't like politicians. I don't even like people who are regular people who become politicians. When they become politicians, I turn on them. I, I just feel like they, they, they all wind up playing this disgusting game. And I guess what we're, I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because 
one of my complaints about DeSantis is he doesn't play it very well. <laughs> well, that's what I, yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because he doesn't play yeah. it well. I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I've been with him and seen him be loose and seen him had whiskey and smoke a cigar and joke around and all those things. But it's obviously not his strength. And we do live in a time of social media and everyone wants it, you to know, own everybody, whatever. But it is kind of funny because I agree with you. And I think one of one of the things that I learned in this cycle was that, you know, I've become friendly with a lot of these people. Nikki's I'm not patting myself on the back. Nikki has been to my house for dinner. Like, I, I don't like sort of knowing these people and then having to criticize them and all that. And I think going forward after this, I am going to separate myself from that a little bit more, because if, if anyone uh, does what we do, you want to be as impartial as, as possible. I don't hide what my biases are. But when you when you just like people personally and then you see their faults publicly, it can make it a little bit complex. Yeah. And we talked about this last time. This is why I don't go to I don't go to dinner with Nikki Haley. I don't go to I knew Vivek personally before his campaign. And that was one thing uh, and spoke with him privately a number of times before his campaign. But never, never since. Uh, it's just not my thing. Like I I have to put it. They, they all go at yeah. arm's length once they run for office. It's too important to me to be able to maintain some semblance of objectivity. And my audience has given me feedback that they don't think I like Vivek. And it's not that I don't like Vivek. It's that I'm happy to hit Vivek when he does something I think is problematic. And I'll, I'm happy to compliment him, you know, in the opposite. And the same is true of Trump. So if you do, listen to me on one day, you think I like the guy. Well, if you listen to me on another, you think I might not. But my goal is basically just to try to keep an open mind to everyone so that their supporters feel like this is a place they can come for honest analysis. May please them some days, may displease them others. Mm -hmm. But all these people are say, I've, I've hit DeSantis, I've hit Haley, I've hit Trump, I've hit Vivek, and I've praised all of them too. God knows I've hit Joe Biden. Uh, but let me get back to the Trump-Vivek saga. Um, so then Vivek comes out last night with a, yes, I've seen, I've seen the post. Um, it's an unfortunate move by his campaign advisors. All right. It's a move by Trump. Trump himself posted it. It, it's mm -hmm. it, Trump's campaign advisors are not hitting Vivek without the OK from the big man. So this is yeah. him trying to make the excuse like my husband didn't want to hit me. He, I deserved it. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His, he didn't mm -hmm. want it was the drugs. Like, no, it was Trump. He hit you because you did what you did. It's fine. Just own it. I don't think friendly fire is helpful. Then why'd you do it? Vivek. It, Trump did not friendly fire at you. You friendly fired at him. You told that lady Save Trump, vote for me. If you vote for Trump, you're sending him to his demise. I have fresh legs. I'm not wounded. That's you firing at Trump. You're lucky he didn't respond with a bigger bazooka. Then he goes on to say Trump was the greatest president of the 21st century. 21st. Now, of course, he thinks Trump is a better president than Bill Clinton or Joe Biden or Barack Obama. So what he's basically saying there is, He's I like him better than I like George W. That's it. Right, right? now he's right. starting to limit it. Used to say in my lifetime or whatever. Now it's down to 21st century, which is more limited. And then he goes on to say, and I'm not going to criticize him in response to this late attack. Right. You're doing it behind closed doors to the face of Iowa voters saying he's wounded and he can't do it. They'll destroy him. And you're seriously worried about so worried about him that people need to vote for you because you're the one who can get the ball across the finish line. All of this may be great politics. I have no like. I'm not running for president. I don't know how I'd get voters to vote for me in Iowa. But at some point, the divorce had to come, Dave Rubin. And now what I see here is hypocrisy or, you know, spin in him trying to be like, I was attacked, but I'm going to take the high road 
and reject this friendly fire from the Trump campaign aides. It's a lie. All of it, all of that is not true. Right. Well, a ton of people online are calling him out for it because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you really think what you said to that woman is true, that you're the one guy who can save Trump from the system and save him from himself, then when he attacks you, you have to attack back now. The the freaking caucus is tonight. This would be your chance to be like MAGA. Get on board. I'm younger. I have energy. The system will let me in. The the argument is so obvious if you want to make the argument. But If you're not really running for president this time around and you're running to figure out who takes MAGA after Trump, then you would play with soft gloves, right? You wouldn't, you take a hit and then not even really attack back. And that's why I think he lost a lot of, a lot of cred today. By the way, there's something else interesting brewing online right now, which is that a lot of the MAGA influencers, they've really been very pro Vivek because he was basically a Trump surrogate this whole time. As DeSantis said yesterday in Iowa, he's like, I've never seen a candidate who really is running for another candidate before. I've never seen that either in my life. Um, And a lot of the MAGA influencers who love Vivek, they're getting a lot of crap suddenly because MAGA is now pissed. Trump has signaled to them, all right, he's he's on the table for dinner. Let's let's go. (laughs) He's on the table for dinner. Exactly. So so Vivek says, I'm not I'm not going to respond to the friendly fire that he's launching me. Like, okay, I do think it's important who launched the fire first because it was an inevitable development. There's right. a, there's a limited group of voters in Iowa and they're both playing for the same group. Um, this, it had to happen. So Trump did what he did. Vivek responded and then Vivek doubles down who says, here's the plot and it's hiding in plain sight. And he has tweeted this before. Narrow this to a two horse race between Trump and Haley. Eliminate Trump trot their puppet into the White House. Then he goes on. This is the obsequious Vivek part. I respect the hell out of Trump. He's the best president of the 21st century. I guess <laughs> definitely better than George W. I've defended him at every step against the unjust persecutions. I filed a Supreme Court brief this week laying out the winning arguments to overrule Colorado's disastrous ruling. I filed FOIA demands against the Biden administration. I went to Miami to rally outside the courthouse against Joe Biden and Merrick Garland's unjust federal indictment of Trump. I called on every Republican to remove themselves from the ballots of Maine and Colorado if they remove Trump. But open your eyes to the hard truth. This system will stop at nothing to keep this man away from the White House. Just because it's wrong doesn't mean it won't happen. And we owe it to our nation to take America first forward to take America first forward. So this is him kissing the ring and getting as close to the line of Trump can't do it. Only I can as he can get without really poking the bear, or as I call him, the gorilla, right in the eyes to where he takes out the big claw and it's... Well, he's trying to have it both ways. And I get again, I get what he's trying to do. I also get how Trump used him. Trump is a master manipulator and he used him to do his bidding at the debates, run the campaign to attack DeSantis and Haley. But once Vivek got momentum and he does have momentum, if that five or 10 percent that he's going to get tonight matters and who knows, right? Like what if DeSantis wins? tonight by three points and Vivek gets 10 points. Those are 10 points that that likely Trump would have got because the Trump people liked Vivek until yesterday. So it was a sort of match made in hell one way or another. Um, but to me, it's like, Vivek, you now have your opportunity because everyone that we know this, everyone that gets close to Trump eventually gets burned, right? Everybody he brought into the last administration eventually gets burned. So Vivek, you got pretty damn close. So why not go all the way right now and, and try it? Why not do it if you're holding 
gospel message is truth, then then truthfully go for what exactly what you said to that woman right now. Today's your opportunity. But I think he's made it clear he's just not going to do that. No, he's not going to do it. So it, it's very I'm mean, like he boy, he has a a needle to thread. Vivek does. And yeah, he is like yeah. sewing like Betsy Ross. There we go. He's just sewing, sewing, sewing. <laughs> so now here, here's the interesting, the most interesting part of all. 7.30 this morning, Trump posts on Truth Circle so, Social. A vote for Vivek is a wasted vote. Okay, fine. We've heard that before from, you know, team. then the next line, I like Vivek, but he played it too cute with us. Caucus tonight, vote for Trump, build up the numbers. In November, we must take our troubled nation back from crooked Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. I like Vivek. I like Vivek, but he played it too cute with us. Now, why is Donald Trump including that in his, why did he update his message from last night to, and his campaign's message of he's a, he's a fake, don't vote for this fake. And he's not MAGA to, I like him. I like him. That's what leads me to wonder, what are they seeing in inside MAGA? There, there is something very interesting brewing. And as I said before, there is going to be a time, whether it is today or next week or in two years from now or five years from now, if Trump becomes president, that, that it will be post-Trump. And I think Vivek and Candace and Tucker are the three that are planning on that move. And Trump is suddenly realizing that he, you know, Trump has basically created a new political movement because it's not conservative, it's not liberal, it's anything else. It's whatever Trump believes at any given moment. That can work for a while, but suddenly it's starting to look a little shaky, right? Because Vivek has come in and there's new energy there. And Trump is an energy guy and he's going, oh, there's actual energy there. I'm, I chase energy. That's what, that's what the whole movement is. It's constantly chasing energy. So they they made a deal that that in some ways might wound them both right now because it could take votes away from Trump tonight and going forward, and it could hurt Vivek in the in the uh, going forward in terms of how MAGA likes him or doesn't like him. This so it might like wound them hire, both. This is like when you hire the hot nanny, you know. She comes in, she could really help you. There are real advantages, you know, like you know, you're overlooking the fact that she's this incredibly beautiful, dynamic young woman. But like, you really need a nanny. She seems upbeat. And before you know it, if you have a shitty husband, he's looking at the hot nanny and, and Vivek is the hot nanny. And, and Trump's the older version who just had a baby, isn't feeling all that. <laughs> it's a strained analogy. But I'm just saying, like, be careful what you wish for, because yeah. he allowed this young whippersnapper who's got you know, vivacity and vigor and um, a very successful business record like Trump on his record. He allowed him into the MAGA fold. You know, he could have kept him out. He could have ripped him early. Right. And now, you know, a lot of these voters are kind of looking at Vivek as like, you know what? He actually does have fresh legs. Maybe he is the answer. He doesn't have four criminal indictments. And, you know, it if there's any, like if Vivek wound up playing the inside street on this whole thing, arresting this thing away from Trump by being the younger, fresh-legged version, it would be the most brilliant political move of all time. Now, the numbers don't suggest that's about to happen, but if. Right, that's the thing. If you're gonna do it, then go ahead and do it. Because the real question here is, what did Trump think was gonna happen? If he, as you said, he let him in the fold, we know it. All the Trump meme makers, all of the Trump influencers, they've been playing footsie with him and promoting Vivek's stuff and all of that. 
But what did Trump think was gonna happen the day before? Did he think, oh, all of these people are gonna kind of love him because he's useless and then no one's gonna vote for him? So maybe Trump didn't make that last connection that, oh, if you kind of prop somebody up, and you use him as your surrogate at the debates, and if all your influencers do videos with him and say nice things about him and connect him to America First, well, what was gonna happen right at the last moment that we are at right now? So tonight is gonna be super interesting because we will see which way those people show up. I mean, maybe maybe Trump just scared the hell out of everybody and no one's gonna vote for Vivek, we'll see. If Vivek, according to the final Des Moines Register NBC News poll, uh, Vivek is at 8% in Iowa, which is not threatening to anybody, but it's 8% that could potentially be Trump's. And what people are looking at right now in Iowa, because Trump's so far ahead, he's got 48, just so people know, the latest numbers are Trump 48, according to this respected poll. Haley's now in second at 20, DeSantis at 16, and Ramaswamy at eight. I'll give you the asterisks that the woman behind this poll is giving on those Haley numbers. The, the short version is, She's like, don't don't put too much stock into into that number, but um, right, they're not very committed. No. They're they're not right exactly, and it's like mostly left leaning people. It's not real conservatives in Iowa, but but Vivek has eight, so I think we can fairly say most of those people would go for Trump if they're not going to vote for Vivek. So if they did, that would put Trump at fifty six. And what people are saying right now, going into tonight, is. The thing to look for, and this is what journalists do because there's not much to look for. Right? It's like it seems pretty clear Trump's going to win. They've surprised us in Iowa before. Look what the margin is. What's the margin? Does Trump look weaker than expected? Is there an opportunity for Haley moving to her strongest state, uh, New Hampshire? And I think to some extent, maybe Trump believes that because I think he'd like that 8% to be in his column. That's exactly what it all came down to today right? Trump is going, oh man, I want to blow this thing out of the water and shut this all down. And now he's realizing I might've created a little bit of a monster with Vivek. So I got to shut that down too. So yes, he wants, he wants to absolutely crush it tonight. Because as I said, a few minutes ago, look, putting aside if DeSantis can win tonight, I actually do think it's a possibility. His organization has been great down there, but I might be looking through rose colored glasses on that one. I'll grant you that. But if he comes in a much closer second, it does change the the equation because if we've been told this entire time, the guy doesn't even have to debate because he's up 40, 50 points. Well, now if he only wins tonight by like eight points, then it's like, well, maybe this thing isn't as impervious as we all thought. And it does kind of look weak that he didn't debate. And it does kind of look weak that he used Vivek and all, all of those things. So that's what makes politics interesting. And I guess also infuriating and totally psychotic. I don't think it makes him look weak that he used Vivek. I think it makes him look savvy. But I see the point about the debating, which was a smart political move, but maybe offensive to some portion of the electorate, especially when they see him, you know, the the night of the debate on a different channel, right? Doing his own thing, not not taking on it. It's like, oh, right. okay. But I don't know. I mean, I was there in 2016 when Trump gave the middle finger to Iowa right before the Iowa caucus with that debate that we were hosting at Fox. And, you know, he didn't win Iowa, but I don't think that's why. I, and even though he didn't win Iowa, we all know he got the nomination. He got the presidency. So that's the thing about Iowa, Dave. You know, they they produced um, Mike Huckabee as the winner, Rick Santorum as the winner and Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz as the winner. Yeah. Yeah. And not one of those men went on to get the actual nomination. So I just don't know, even if DeSantis were to pull a rabbit out of a hat tonight, how much it would mean. What do you think? Um, 
I mean, I, I think I've said it three times already, so just one more time. I think it would show a little blood in the water and that that would actually be good because I just, from everywhere I go and everyone that I talk to, everyone says the same thing. There's very, very few people who don't like DeSantis. I get it. There's a few people like so in the MAGA thing that believe that DeSantis is Paul Ryan, George Soros, Karl Rove, acolyte, something like that. It's just not true. Uh, but everyone else is basically like, oh, I like DeSantis, but Trump seems inevitable. So if you can break that illusion, I do think anything is possible. But but let me ask you something. Do you think there's anything DeSantis could have done here a little bit differently so that it, he wouldn't be in the position that he appears to be in right now? Because mm. on one hand, before you said, well, he should have you know, been out there a little retail politicking more. And then on the other hand, you're also saying that that's, that's like the fake thing. So that's the funny thing for me. It's like, I don't know that he could have done anything else different here. Like the guy went on his track record. He's a good, decent guy. He showed the work. He he did, in essence, everything right, other than he's not like the most off-the-cuff stand-up comic. And maybe that that is the weakness, and that just might be it. Well, look, I think I, I don't like politicians fake retail politicking. You know, I think there's a way to do it without being like, I don't think Trump is fake when he does his retail politicking. I really don't. I think he's always himself, and that's something that works for him. I think Ron DeSantis's problem was he his real self is a little stilted and slightly socially awkward. And that's fine. You know, like every a lot of people are slightly socially awkward, but it doesn't work when you're in a race against Donald Trump. It could work if you were in a race against John McCain or Mitt Romney mm -hmm. or at any other GOP nomination contest in history. But it's not going to work when Donald Trump, the walking ball of charisma, is in the race. That was the problem. But having said that, I do think there are things DeSantis could have done differently. And, you know, he should have called me. He should have asked me. Not that I'm in the business of giving campaign advice, but I I definitely, I don't think he ever, and with all due respect to Elon, to David Sachs, a lot, who I love, he should not have done that disastrous Twitter launch. He has, he's young, he's vibrant. He has this gorgeous wife. He has this beautiful family. Put them in front of the damn camera. It's not hard. It's politics 101. Smile. You don't in that setting, you don't have to interact with the voters. You just say what you stand for. You smile. You show them the all-American family, the, the Camelot that could be theirs. And people get buzzing about that. You, it's total message control. You know, you don't get into like crypto like they did. I, it's like all the messaging was all over the place in that launch. And then, of course, it was glitched up, too. That was just one example of the misstepping. Um, and I do think he should have been much more ubiquitous in the media. He shouldn't have only done conservative media for as long as he did. Um, I do think Vivek did a very smart thing in going on as many places as invited him just because, A, it showed he wasn't afraid, and B, he got better. He got better faster. And mm -hmm. DeSantis didn't have that advantage. I could go on. Uh, but all of this is just a matter of approach, not how they would govern, right? That's the sad thing about DeSantis right. is if he doesn't make it, it's so much untapped promise, at least at the presidential level, Dave. Right. Well, that that really, to me, that's what it boils down to. It's like, I think most people in their heart of hearts know that he would be the best president of the United States in that his track record is basically impeccable. He says things, he does them. There isn't the Strong. drama, all of those things. Now, it just may not matter. Again, I accept that. It may not matter. And then well, we'll get exactly what we deserve one way or another. Um, That's what they say. If people, 
Right. If people want a friend or a TV star or a game show host more than they want a competent executive, then that's what they'll get. I will also say, Megan, that, you know, because I do live here in Florida, if the if the situation is that in a few weeks, Ron DeSantis is back here in Florida and Florida keeps chugging along and we're paying off our debt. And we've removed DEI from our institutions and we've brought more police officers down here than any other state. And we've there's just done so many good things here. Then I'll double down my efforts on making this the finest state in the nation and and still continue to, as DeSantis would say, blueprint that so other states can use it as well. And then just pray that the whole national project doesn't fall apart. But I would still be very, very bullish on, on Florida. I guess I would be slightly less bullish, unfortunately, on the grander project. And, well, the sad thing would be, and I heard the guys at National Review talking about this on the editors the other day, um, if DeSantis doesn't win, then they were predicting, at least some of them were, DeSantis is probably out of national politics because he's term limited in Florida. He's serving his second term. He, the second term would end in 26, if I'm not mistaken. You know, the next presidential contest would yeah. be two years after that. And he'll just be too much of an irrelevant figure by that point. Never mind Nikki Haley, who would be way out of it, way out of it. I, I, I think this, you know, there's an argument to be made that this was his one shot. Yeah, I think this probably was his one shot. Again, we will see what happens. I feel like we're doing an in memoriam right now, and I, I think it's a little early for that. But I think, he'll have bright, that. I, I think he'll have a bright future no matter what, because he is a good, decent man who is competent, who could do all sorts of other things besides just be governor. Like any organization would be thrilled to have a guy that has shown this level of competence and ability to write the ship and everything else. Again, he took a state that was kind of mostly blue, a little bit purple, and turned it into the deepest red state that is doing everything right. Like there is nothing happening in Florida that every other state shouldn't be replicating. So the guy is going to be fine one way or another. Well, not just that. I mean, I will say one of the things I have, one of the issues I have watching this unfold is Ron DeSantis went to Yale played baseball, went to Harvard law, joined the JAG Corps, you know, served his country, went to Iraq, has never tried to up, you know, he doesn't overplay it. He's like, I, you know, I was a lawyer. I went up, but he, he's honest about his service. Um, then he comes back. Let me tell you with that resume, I went to Syracuse and Albany law and I made a lot of money as a lawyer it, with his resume. You could make millions. He could have been making millions year after year after year. And he chose, he chose to go into public service to run for Congress than to run for governor. That speaks well of him. You know, he he lived a life. He went out there. He served the country. And his whole life has been public service. Um, I, when I see Vivek tweeting about, like, Nick Sandman, it's like, where were you? You, you weren't fighting yeah. any of these fights while Dave Rubin was out there fighting them, while I was out there fighting them. You were making all your money with China in the in the private sector. And now you want it to be very critical of people who do that. And you were hiring legal immigrants on these visas that you're now so critical of. You were doing all the things that you now criticize. And you said nothing, nothing while all of us were starting this culture war. Yeah, you got in it by 2020. You, you finally got in it. But literally, that was three years ago. So now you want us to see you as the authority on all these events that you said almost nothing about. So to me, it's like, all right, you weren't serving the public like this other guy. You weren't serving anyone other than yourself which, okay, that's America, but don't pretend that you've been in this fight for, you know, decades. You haven't. Right. Well, that's the thing. DeSantis has done everything that any of us could have asked for. Can you think, is there one policy that this guy has put forward that 
that either you didn't agree with or you didn't think was right for the country. So I can pick one, which is that for me, the 15 week ban on abortion, which is what we had in Florida, I've been to every Republican event in Florida in the last two plus years. I never heard anyone complaining about it. They had their own personal beliefs that may have been more pro-life. He decided to do the six week thing. I think he knew, actually, I heard him say it at an event once that it might hurt him in the general because yeah. obviously the country is more moderate abor on abortion than say six weeks, but he did what he thought was right. But beyond that, in my estimation, he's done absolutely everything right. So you mentioned a, a thread to needle uh, before, and it's like, well, who going forward after this would, would ever wanna run for president? If the thing that you have to be is not only competent, but also the perfect human and have the perfect smile and know all the jokes and be off the cuff and do everything right, like no one's gonna wanna get involved in politics. We may, be, we may have already crossed that Rubicon where we're just gonna get like a constant clown show. He to me represents the last of sort of a decent breed the, in, the pedigree that you just laid out there of someone that really believes in service and believes in this country, there's a chance to do it. Nobody can really figure out what the criticism is other than he ran against Trump and maybe was a little stiff, maybe. And, and you know that might just do? be the other thing he needed shame. to do. He need needed and, and continues to need to do if he stays in uh, is he needs, he needs to learn how to make fun of himself. He's not good at that. And yeah. that would help a lot it would help a lot. Like when Trump was calling a meatball, he should have gotten out there and been like, I like the knee. I like meatballs. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. He's Italian. He, like, it doesn't, yeah. But it doesn't come naturally to him. So it would have been awkward. I think that is part of his problem. You know, it's like for better, or for worse, we want our politicians to kind of make us laugh, make us feel good. Like Trump does. There's a headline circulating on Twitter today about how, when he went to North Korea, reportedly Kim Jong-un winked at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I guess she said something about it to Trump. And Trump said, take one for the team. <laughs> just, you know, just, right. It's no, look, funny. again, yeah, he is funny. Again, I don't hate the guy. I obviously don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I voted for him last time. No, like, I know that. All of, that's, all of that stuff is true. Ultimately, like as a nation in a world that is really precarious at the moment for a million reasons, Middle East, Ukraine, our economic situation, the borders being overrun, it's like we can decide, OK, do you want a guy that like can make jokes off the cuff or do you want right. someone that'll just get the job done and and not be, you know, you know what it's like when you're in a room with Trump you feel it's like a black hole of energy all going to him. Everyone's staring yes. at him the entire time. You, it's almost like there's an alien in the room. When, when DeSantis is in the room, it's like, oh, there's that good man, Ron DeSantis. Like, he's the governor, there you go. It's a different thing, but again, we will get what we deserve if we say, okay, the best guy that we all, because I think what you're basically saying to me, Megan, is he is the best guy. There's some, there's some optics issues here related to campaigning or personality, but in terms of what we would all want, if the founders of this country were looking at this election and listening to these guys and, and going, okay, who is the best out of this crew? It's like every single person who signed the Declaration of Independence, I'm pretty sure we know which way they'd be voting. So I'm not saying that to you because although I really like DeSantis and I would vote for DeSantis, I'd, I have the same questions that I think a lot of Republican voters have, which is, in this environment, with these rabid assholes trying to throw our leaders in jail, maybe Trump is the one. You know, like, yeah, I see, like, what that woman was saying, Trump's a sledgehammer. Maybe, maybe what the country needs is the sledgehammer and not the dignified, strong leader 
who's not a little crazy in, in like the nicest sense, you know, like I understand exactly what Republicans are, are seeing and why they're rejecting DeSantis, even if it's not a personality contest, like why they even knowing that Trump's erratic and all that are saying, I'm going with him. I, I want the sledgehammer. These people are insane, you know, and not just in the transing of kids and all that stuff. They're trying to throw their political opponent in jail. Like you Mm -hmm. need a badass mother effer to get in there and teach them a lesson. And if that's what you want, I'm not, I mean, I think the choice would be clear. Yeah, look, I think that's a compelling argument. I think you could make an argument that DeSantis has the perfect track record to show that he would stand up. And when he says he would set, you know, the the military to the border on day one, I actually believe he would do it and everything else. You know, my argument last time with Trump was that, you know, everyone wanted a panther in a China shop, right? Like you didn't want to blow up the whole damn thing. So they wanted a panther to walk in and with his tail, knock over one vase. And then, you know, like calmly close the door on the way out. But a panther in a China shop is not the phrase, right? The phrase is a bull in a China shop and Trump is the bull. So again, I that argument, I think is completely sound. I completely get it. And I would have liked Trump to have made that argument more without just the end. The thing that bothered me about this, and, and it's this is just politics and primary stuff and everyone moves on after, was just the endless lying about DeSantis and Soros or yep. Paul Ryan or Karl Rove or, or COVID, like all of the lies about all of that. I, I, I think honestly, to some extent, I've made a better argument for Trump on my show than he makes for himself. He ducked debates and then let his surrogates do a whole bunch of lying. Again, your argument that you just made there, it's pretty damn good. And and maybe most Americans believe that and that'll be just fine. I guess I just want politics and uh, and our national discourse to be a little bit better than it is, which, by the way, I know you do as well. A little more tethered in the truth would be absolutely lovely. Um, I think it's it's too much to ask. There's so much more to go over. We're not done by a long shot, but I do have to take a short break more with Dave Rubin, who stays with us for the show today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, I just don't think anybody else could win if Trump runs. So, and I don't, I just, really, I don't so you, know. you think if they got on a stage, you, you don't think that DeSantis is, is crafty enough or the record no. stands enough to really interesting. No. I don't even think that a little, um, I think Trump sucks up all the energy in every room, no matter what. And even someone as skilled as a politician and smart policy wise as DeSantis can't overcome that. The only way DeSantis is going to become the Republican nominee is if Trump chooses not to run and endorses him or dies. (laughs) The hardcore Trump faithful is unshakable. And they're, I, I, again, I hear from them all the time. They're, they, they like him. They like DeSantis, but they would never cross Trump for him. That was October of 2022 before either man had even declared for president Dave Rubin. So it was, it was longer than six months ago. And I, I believe I ended that clip with you by saying, uh, if I'm wrong, 
you can come back and rub it in my face, but I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're on my show tomorrow, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But can I just say? <laughs> can I just say that we have both upped the production game in our studios? Yes. Because look how look how beautiful these studios are in now. the year and a half since then. We're so fancy now. Um, all right. So I don't want to skip over. We only have like another minute so we can just chat, but there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Nikki Haley and what to expect in Iowa tonight. But I do, I do want to give the context on that Haley second place finish in the Des Moines register poll. Ann Seltzer is the highly respected, respected pollster who conducts the survey. She, according to Politico, went out of her way to make clear that Haley is not actually that she's on shaky ground, despite this number that unlike Rick Santorum and Ted Cruz, the internals on Haley are not suggestive of a late surge that's going to continue to rise during the caucuses tonight. In fact, she says it's the opposite. The deep data on Haley suggests she looks stronger in the poll than she could on caucus night, says Ann Seltzer, the woman. Um, Most of the rest of the data here is not good news for her. She was particularly surprised at the enthusiasm gap between Haley's voters and Trump voters, only 39% of her voters were extremely enthusiastic or very. That number for Trump, 89%, which she says are on the edge of jaw-dropping for Trump, jaw-dropping. Um, actually, the ones for Haley, she said, are on the edge of jaw-dropping. They're just they're just at odds with the candidate moving up. So this could be a mirage, this alleged surge by Nikki Haley tonight. And to your earlier point of this should not be a postmortem on Ron DeSantis, He's done the full 99. He's sincere. I heard a guy on the Daily, the Daily podcast for the New York Times talking about how he met DeSantis. He asked him a question about farming. DeSantis answered, I don't know, and wanted to be educated by the farmer on it. The guy hurt his leg, phone rang. It was Ron DeSantis. I heard you got hurt. Are you okay? That kind of, it may not be smooth, but that kind of individual attention can come back to help one on a night like this. Well, I also think that the, the Haley numbers that you just went into there, it also explains a little bit where we started today with the uh, with the Vivek Trump thing, because if Trump is suddenly going, uh-oh, I could lose 8 10%, who knows, maybe Vivek's going to get even more tonight. Uh, so Trump's numbers get a little bit deflated. And then if the Haley people, it seems to me the Haley people are going, no, we're not voting for Trump. So then in a caucus where you're literally moving people in rooms, it's not just going into a booth and pulling a lever. You're going to churches and community centers and gymnasiums and caucusing. It's a fascinating uh, way of voting. You're convincing people on the fly. Well, if those Haley people who aren't particularly staunch Haley supporters, if they're like, all right, well, DeSantis actually is maybe the closest to that, or he's not Trump, or it's a little more whatever you want to call it. Well, then suddenly, if Trump's numbers go down because of Vivek and DeSantis's numbers go up because of Haley, then maybe you're at 52, 46, and then it's a little bit different. So again, mm-hmm. we shall see. But I will give you credit, Megan. You probably called it right back then, and I'll, I'll eat crow, assuming that you did. And by the way, I wasn't arguing well, with you then. I was, you know, it's, it's, uh, it no, is you, it I is. would say you were just more surprised. Like you were surprised that I just didn't see a way for DeSantis to do it, to move the gorilla. And, you know, it, there, it's very hard to move the gorilla. But listen, the thing on Nikki Haley is very interesting because no sooner than what, 12 hours before caucus day gets here, does she make what I consider to be a major misstep, especially with Iowa voters who are more conservative. We'll play it for you right after this break. Dave Rubin rejoins us and has a lot more wisdom to dispense. Don't go away. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's going to be seriously cold in Iowa tonight. Even for a Syracuse, Albany girl like me, it's cold. The weather's bad. In fact, what they're saying out there is it's beyond like cold. It's dangerous. Um, David Kochel, forgive me for the pronunciation. Not sure if that's right. Longtime Republican strategist quoted as having said um, with wind chills of minus 20 or minus 30 expected tonight. This is danger. Could be as much as 45 below with the wind chill. Frozen engine blocks, a dead battery. If you go in the ditch, nobody's out to find you. That actually could affect turnout. The belief, armchair, no science behind it, is that could help Trump because only the most ardent, enthusiastic supporters would go. I refer you back to that Des Moines Register lady who was saying, you know, he's got all this enthusiasm. But DeSantis's team said as follows, uh, DeSantis said, I'll brave whatever we need to. Nothing's handed to you in this life, much less a presidential nomination. Even his mom, his mom, DeSantis's mom is in Iowa knocking on doors, which I love. That's sweet. Um, Good for her. She's strong. And his deputy campaign manager said sub-zero weather also matches our grinded out mentality. But he added, we look forward to forcing our opponents to try to match our campaign pace when it hurts to breathe outside. I mean, this would be a situation where numbers of volunteers and campaign organization, which DeSantis has, will help. Hey, that would be nice for, from where I'm sitting here in the warm, free state of Florida. Megan, I should note, I don't know if you know this, I went to SUNY Binghamton, so I've spent a, yeah. a decent amount of time so would you do it? Syracuse at your carousel If it's mall minus 45 with a wind chill, would you get out to caucus? <laughs> I'm not so sure. You know, once you live in Florida for a while, suddenly you, <laughs> even, you go soft. back to New York. Right. You go to New York and it's 52 and you're like, um, <laughs> no, my guess, my guess again, is that this probably does help DeSantis because of the organization, because of the amount of volunteers that he has down there, the people that have already committed to be caucus captains for him and everything else. But you just have no idea, right? The Trump people obviously are the most sort of ardent and everything else. But it might just be that a whole bunch of people, you know, people that vote tend to be older. If you're if you're in your 70s or 80s and it's negative 20 outside, you might just not go out, even in Iowa where you're strong and you've been through it before. So it is a it is a bizarro X factor in a in a strange election already. So look at this. This is time lapse video that we were just showing of Buffalo, New York. It's Buffalo's getting it. Missouri got it. We saw Kansas City uh, in the football game. And then Iowa's getting it. Like it's just this Arctic blast all through that region. I don't know if you saw online the, the pics of the Buffalo Bills stadium. And I, I totally agreed with people who are saying, because they 
postpone that game. They denied us the greatest football game of all time <laughs> to see those guys out there playing on that. And it's kind of what's happening in Iowa tonight in a different way, different kind of gridiron. I would go out. I would. I've told the audience before when I was at Syracuse University, we used to have to do the rope toe. They set up the rope toe so you could get yourself to class. And early on in my career, when I went to Jones Day, which was in Chicago, we got a message from the from the firm saying, you're lawyers. You have responsibilities. When the snow hits, you don't get a snow day. If you need snowshoes and a flashlight to get yourself to work, get them. You're expected to be here. I was like, holy shit, I was made for this. Anyway, <laughs> I think it will affect some turnout, but um, I don't know. It could be a factor tonight. Yeah, I, listen, I remember being in Binghamton. We'd, we'd wake up and my car would literally be in a block of ice and I'd have to spend an hour just chipping away at ice just so that I could maybe get my car to turn on so I could maybe get to class that was probably canceled. So yeah, it, it, yes. it will probably affect things. Um, isn't it just crazy? Like if you really think, if you step back for a second and you think about how our whole system operates, it's like we're putting so much on Iowa, a, a fairly small state, an important state, obviously, for agricultural reasons and other reasons, but like so much pressure on just, it's less than 200,000 people, really, who will most likely caucus tonight. Uh, and they have a huge amount of influence. That's what I kept saying on my show this morning. If you're watching my show, or if you're watching Megan right now, and you live in Iowa, like you have a disproportionate chance to to set America right, whatever direction you think that is right for you. You have a chance if you're an Iowan that if you're a much later state person or by the time Super Tuesday comes and they already cut all the deals and they figure out who's going to be the winner. It's like if you're in Iowa right now, how cool that your vote truly, truly matters. Every single one of you people. I thank God, frankly, that it's Iowa. They're Midwest. It, they make sense. They're not insane. They have a good mix of what the Republican Party looks like. You know, they've got like their diehard conservatives and evangelicals. And then they have sort of the other not as uh, devout uh, Republicans. And I just they do their homework. You know, they get wooed by these candidates for the better part of a year. They seem to be up on the issues. And it's not all issues like, you know, the crazy ass stuff that's driving New Yorkers to the polls, like the guy <laughs> with the farm. You know, they have actual right. agricultural. They're used to supporting their families. They're not living in the DEI insane universe that you might find even Republicans immersed in in a place like California, your old state. Anyway, I, I think it, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense for the Repo Republicans to start in Iowa. Um, and I God bless them. I hope they do the right thing tonight and, and choose somebody who can actually win. That's the most important thing. Choose someone who can win. Now, Nikki Haley, she stepped in it, Dave. Um, I am not one of those people who can't stand Nikki Haley. I realize like the, the hardcore Vivek people can't stand her now. I'm not one. Of, I would vote for Nikki Haley too. I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm an easy date because I'd vote for any of these guys on the GOP side. Right, right, right. You just don't want any uh, more Biden or whatever that thing is. Yeah. No. And I'm not alone because the ABC news poll shows that he's now at 33% approval rating, which is the lowest in 15 years for any president, worse than Trump's low as president, which was 36%. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. But anyway, back to Nikki Haley. She get at, gets asked the most basic question since I asked it of Donald Trump and he did eh, OK on it. Everybody's being asked it. Um, here's how she handled it. What can a man become a woman? Watch. One thing I saw him do was he said that, uh, you know, he had trouble answering the question, could a man become a woman? 
And I'm just wondering what, what your response to that question is. Now, can a man become a woman? There's been a lot that's been talked about when it comes to um, all of these roles and all of these issues. I strongly believe that we should not allow any gender change surgeries to anyone before the age of 18, period. We Kids now can't get a tattoo until they're 18. We shouldn't have them permanently change their body until they're 18. And that includes puberty blockers. That includes any sort of hormones that would do that. After the age of 18, we want to make sure people can live any way they want to live. That's a dodge. It's the answer is no. It's an unbelievably terrible answer, right? Right. When you asked Trump, and you were in that essence, you were just asking him, like, the, it's the easiest question. Men cannot become women. Women cannot become men. It's a different question than do you are you okay morally with an adult male dressing as the opposite sex and using different pronouns? That's a completely different topic. But you cannot, Megan. Not to get too graphic here, but if I chop my wang off while we were doing this live. <laughs> That wouldn't make me a woman. And if you chopped some <laughs> some tissue off your arm and gave oh. yourself one, that wouldn't make you a man. I'm sorry. I know it's a little early in the no. day. I've been under a lot of pressure with this caucus thing. But you get the point. <laughs> Everyone knows. Oh, my this. God. This is like an X-rated show. Wangs and caucuses. <laughs> oh, I could have. There was some caucus. Well, she did it already. But that would have been. There you yeah, go. good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> But it's the easiest question why she, especially you're running as a Republican. This isn't even the general election yet where you're going to have to is pander she? to some lefties. Well, right. I, is I she? I mean, That's, I, she's like, oh, the liberals love me. So I'm just going to give them this little, you know, the, the, these, this candy. It, that was a total fail. Now, look, Trump did not answer this question well. Ron DeSantis headed out of the park. I think yep. Trump eventually will get there. I don't think Trump is on team trans. But just for the audience at home, here's how it went when they got asked. Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No. Oh God. No. Although they'll come up with some answer to that also. Let me ask you something. Can a man become a woman? No. <laughs> how ridiculous that we're even asking that question. God bless him. That was the only way to answer it. Yeah, I mean, Trump, no, it, it doesn't have to do with birth because there are women, biological, biologic, there are women, actual women who, for whatever reason, can't give birth. That doesn't not make them a woman. The fact that he good, was waffling there just doesn't really make sense to me. Of course, DeSantis is right. Nikki, it's just so weird. It, it really, it's so she knows, right? And Trump knows it too. They know you cannot magically become the other gender. That is different than how people choose to live or what names they use or what clothes they wear. That's a completely different issue. But if we've whittled everything down to that, then you wonder why, if, why we have problems in every other way. If our politicians in modern times can't tell you that there are differences between boys and girls, like we got some serious, no wonder we can't solve a border or a Middle here's East the problem. Or, or, yeah. Here's the problem. She's been strong on no boys and girls sports. You know, girl boys claiming that they're that they're girls. She's been yeah. strong on that. And that's the only piece of this issue she's been strong on. That's the only piece. When she was asked at that CNN town hall about uh, transitioning and it, she, they got a little closer to actual procedures, she she wiggled. She didn't sound good at all. And Ron DeSantis has been trying to raise this repeatedly with her. She's been trying to dodge it. When she came on my show post the debate, she said she was against the medicalization procedures. 
for minors, but that was the clearest I ever heard her speak to it. And I was hammering her pretty good on it. Um, I, I'm, she, she doesn't seem to be a diehard believer like most Republicans are on this. It's become what I think is really the social issue of our time. And in, in the women's lane, the civil rights issue of our time. Um, I don't know that she's going to keep men out of women's spaces, locker rooms, bathrooms, sports. I believe her because she's been saying that for a long time. But the bathroom she didn't stand up for when she was in South Carolina and the rest of it she's been too soft on. She she takes too long. And this is just the latest example. I it, I hope and pray it's a pander. I hope it's a pander. But I don't I don't think it is, Dave. Do you think it's possible that her calculation on this is that she's like, oh, DeSantis, there's Trump is Trump. DeSantis is the, you know, like hardcore anti-woke, anti-Disney guy. So she's like, I don't want to just replicate that. I want to just be like a slightly softer thing. Yes. You know, she had that tweet. She had that tweet a couple of months ago where she basically was like, hey, just Disney, if you don't want to be in Florida, thanks to Ron DeSantis, come to South Carolina. And it's like, man, that is pathetic because every Republican, again, whether whether you want DeSantis to be president or not, should be very proud of and totally in support of what he did to, to Disney. So she's playing it both ways because she's trying to figure out what her angle is rather than just call balls and strikes. That was a pun. That was a pun. Did you get it? There you Balls. go. Got another one in. I was against the Disney thing. Um, I mean, I, I'm not pro Disney at all, but as you know, we, you and I have debated that number of yeah, times yeah. and Ron DeSantis yeah. and I debated that. Um, but I do like the FAFO, like nature of it. I like that. Yeah. I just don't think like, <laughs> right, I don't right. like politicians in our business. I don't like politicians. What it was, what it boils down to. Okay. So there is a politician down. They're going to leave Iowa. And we're going to go down to the Southeast to Atlanta, my brother's hometown now, adopted hometown, and Fannie Willis. We have got to talk about this. Have you been following what's going on with this prosecutor, this I DA? I have, I have. Okay. Uh, sadly, so there's nothing mess. that can be too crazy these days, but nothing. <laughs> take it away. She's, she's reportedly boinking her co-counsel, the special prosecutor she brought in, um, this guy, Nathan Wade. And she brought in a, three uh, special prosecutors to help her with this massive prosecution against Trump and 18 others. Uh, she wanted to point out as she get, they gave these remarks in church, which I'm going to play for the audience in part in a minute. Uh, I think the other two are white. This guy's black. She's making it a race issue, but she's in trouble. As far as I know, she's not screwing the other two, um, but she is reportedly screwing the one guy. And it's turned into a thing because one of the defendants has filed a motion trying to get her kicked off the case, as well as the Nathan Wade special prosecutor. Because what they're alleging is she's been flying all over the world on his dime, which she authorized. And it's the taxpayer's money that she's using to improve her life in these flights and these lavish trips while she's screwing this guy and thus creating an incentive for her to keep this case going longer than it necessarily should. Her interests as a DA are to pursue justice, not to get a conviction or make sure the case goes to trial. If you're making moolah or getting trips to Napa, off of the fact that it's ongoing, you've compromised yourself. Most prosecutors would never come near this kind of a scandal. So she hasn't explicitly denied it. She got up and gave this big speech at church, which was pre-planned. It was in advance of Martin Luther King Day. She didn't deny it. He was asked about it too. You know what he didn't do? He brandished his gun publicly, but he didn't deny it. If, it, if they come to me and say, are you and Dave Rubin having a secret crossover love affair? <laughs> What I say is, no, no. Dave's my great friend. I love him. Not in that way. No one's denied oh, it, which tells that us. That one something. time. <laughs> that one? Okay. Maybe I was really drunk. No, no, it didn't happen. We're just joking. All the tequila. 
But I am first on your crossover tour and David's too. Um, here <laughs> they are. She goes down to her church and Dave, she makes the whole thing. She's clearly addressing the scandal for the first time and makes it yeah. all about race. Listen yeah. to this. Why does Commissioner Thorne and so many others question my decision in a special counsel? I appointed three special counselors. Is my right to do? Paid them all the same hourly rate? They only attacked one. First thing they say, oh, she gonna play the race card now. But no, and she's God, about to. isn't it them who's playing the race card when they only question one? Why are they so surprised that a diverse team that I assembled, your child, can accomplish extraordinary things. God, wasn't it them that attacked this lawyer of impeccable credentials? How come God, the same black man I hired, was acceptable when a Republican in another county hired him and paid him twice the rate? Was that Republican sleeping with him? Why is the white male Republican's judgment good enough but the black female Democrats, not. Did he sleep with him? I just, point of clarification. Did, did that white male Republican have sex with Nathan Wade? It's relevant. And then take him to Napa and Jamaica and Florida. Just asking for a friend. Dave, do you believe this nonsense? Well, first off, I don't know that it's for me to say, but like, I don't like all that sort of political stuff happening in churches. I think it's a problem that our places Same. of faith have become so politicized and, and all of that. that. That's a separate issue. But I would also say, I mean, this is consistent what almost everyone with what almost everyone does when confronted with their own mistakes or their own um, deflections or whatever. Look at Claudine Gay at Harvard. This is the exact same thing. She basically, she gets caught in the crazy, you know, can we call for genocide of Jews scandal? That She would have skated by on that one as a black woman. I really believe that she would have gotten by. But then they get, you know, these over 50 instances of plagiarism. And then she basically says, it's because I'm a black woman. But it has nothing to do with that. If you find 50 instances of plagiarism through a white, Christian, rich president of another school, we should go after him too. And that's the same thing here. It's because of behavior, not skin color. And that has always been the, the real danger of DEI has been that we will ultimately be putting people in, in jobs that they're not qualified for. And I'm not saying she wasn't qualified to be the DA originally, but we're going to put all of these people in places. They're gonna, we're going to talk about race constantly. And then whenever they do anything wrong, like sleeping with the guy, they're going to blame it on race. And that is a huge, huge problem that we're, even though a lot of DEI stuff is crumbling right now, we're just at the beginning of untethering how, how deeply infected it is from all of our institutions and everything else. I got news for Fannie Willis. If she decides to sleep with the white prosecutor she brought in and then go to Napa and Florida and Jamaica on his dime that she authorized, we will be coming for her. And it won't be about anybody's skin color in that instance either. It's so absurd. It's not going to work. Um, she's struggling. This is this is like the last desperate card of somebody who's under fire and she knows it. She knows she's in trouble. She crossed an ethical line. If any of this is true, it's only an allegation so far. But the lawyer making the allegation says she's seen Nathan Wade's now sealed divorce file. It wasn't sealed when she saw it. And Fannie Willis has been subpoenaed to give testimony in that divorce proceeding. Hmm. Now, why would that be? Do you think the divorced, the, the soon to be divorced wife has a real interest in the Trump case? She just really wants to hear what exactly is Nathan working on? Tell me all about it. Oh, he's working on you. 
working on you. Okay, we'll see how that one pans out. Um, all right, this is a weird term, but I want to ask you about something that was all over the internet because I just thought it would be fun for you and I to talk about. Um, there is some worker who worked for, is it Cloud Source? What is it? Cloud? Uh, my team will get me the name of her company. But she decided, she knew the layoff was coming, Cloud Cloudflare. Cloud she knew the layoff yeah, was yeah. coming very clearly. And because, you know, you find out when there's a riff or whatever, everybody's calling each other like, holy shit, I got fired. How about you? And she sets up her little camera over there right, on the side, filming herself as she gets the bad news. She's clearly only been work working for the company for four months. She gets her defense out in the course of this 20 minute thing, which I sadly watched. And um, it's HR, two people out from HR, it sounds like, giving her the news. And the whole thing is her rejecting the firing and saying she had three months of training, only one real month of performance. And she did, she, she didn't close any deals, but like she came close and she shouldn't be fired. But I'll explain why I want to talk about it. Watch. I disagree that my performance hasn't been, um, I haven't met performance expectations. Um, when I certainly have just because I haven't closed anything officially. I hear you. Um, also, why are you doing this and not my manager? Not, you know, we've never met. So this seems a little odd. Yeah, I would love like an explanation that makes sense. Just for clarification, you are not being singled out in this. Your peers are also being collectively um, assessed on performance. This is a collective collaboration for Cloudflare. Wait, yeah, no. Can you explain for me why Brittany Peach is getting let go? The... I won't be able to go into specifics for numbers. Wait, why though? I just started, I've been working extremely hard just because I haven't closed anything that has nothing to do with my performance. And so I really need an answer and an explanation as to why Brittany Peach is getting let go, not why Cloudflare decided to hire too many people and are now actually realizing that they can't afford this many people and they're letting that go. If that's the real answer, I would rather just you tell me that instead of making up some bullshit. It's just very, very shocking. Very, very shocking. I've like really given my whole energy and life over the last four months to this job. And to be let go for no reason is like a huge slap in the face from a company that I really wanted to believe in. Dave, I have news for Brittany. Brittany it's really none of your come. fucking business. I'm yeah. so, I'm like, I can't stand the sense <laughs> of entitlement. You, Unless you have an employment contract, I can fire you because I don't like your ugly sweater. I don't have to tell you why. Companies these days don't tell you why because it just sets them up for a lawsuit unless it's a contract that requires a four-cause termination and money, which this clearly wasn't. Right. Like Tucker Carlson. You, yeah. If you're going to turf that guy, he gets a different payout, depending on what your reason is. You do need to tell. Anyway, they didn't tell her that if you watch the whole thing, there's the sense of entitlement. They start to tell her like, OK, she, let me stop you right there. And she starts demanding answers. You're not the CEO of the company. Who do you think you are? I need I need to know why I need an answer. I would rather you say it this way. I have given my it's a, you know what? You have no right to work at any company. And if you didn't sign a deal promising, promising you ongoing employment, you can be fired at any time unless it's an unlawful reason like your age, your gender or a protected class. 
I am sick of these young, entitled people trying to play the victim when something happens to them. That's happened to all of us in the course of our lives. And we used to be, we'd understand like, well, that sucks. I'm pissed at Cloudflare. On I go with my life. The idea that she videotaped this thing is so crazy. And yet it is an absolute sign of the times, right? She wants to be the victim. Now, I'll go with her that she probably worked very hard. Let's say she was pretty competent and worked pretty hard over there. Now, she didn't close any deals. And as you said, she's an at-will employee. So they're entitled to fire whoever they want for whatever reason, even if the reasoning is just that they hired too many people and that the managers above her did not look right. at the budgets properly. You're still allowed to be fired. So nobody, you don't get an explanation. Like you might want the explanation and okay, but you're not owed an explanation. But the idea that she put this online, unfortunately, is is such a piece of the virus that has infected so many young people's minds because what she's trying to get there is social cred like you see how i'm really the victim here but what she's Mm -hmm. actually going to get instead is well first off megan kelly is is talking about her and you know she's going to be made fun of on all these shows but also it's like who's going to want to hire you now you're going to be the girl who who videotapes yourself being fired. So who's going to want to hire you and give you information about their company and wonder if right. you're recording them and everything else? It's like basic, Who does basic she think she is? I'm going to need an answer. You're not calling the shots here, Brittany. You're an employee. You don't get an answer because you've demanded it from HR. Who, do you, who does she think she is? This is probably why she got fired, because she had an entitled, snotty attitude about what the world owes her. By the way, the CEO of the company, Matthew Prince, has now weighed in saying um, we fired about 40 salespeople out of over 1,500 in our go-to market org. That's a normal quarter. When we're doing performance management right, we can often tell within three months or less of a sales hire, even during the holidays, that was one of her points, whether they're going to be successful or not. Sadly, we don't hire perfectly, but we try to fire perfectly. That's the thing. It's like, Brittany, you know what you've invited? You've invited the company to publicly humiliate you. They could tell in your limited time of the job that you weren't up to it. You admitted you didn't close deals. Don't be such a pathetic troll. It didn't work out for you here. Go find someplace else where they like you better. Work fucking harder. Try harder. And I guarantee you that out of that hired hiring class, there were many others. Sounds like there were, what, 1,500 uh, plus who were doing just fine, who didn't get fired. Now you've invited a comparison between yourself and them. You should have just kept your mouth shut gone to the next job and said, geez, there was a a massive rift because they hired too many people. Now you've got the CEO calling your qualifications into question. The whole thing is ridiculous. Almost everybody's been fired from a job and they moved on with dignity and tried to find another one. I can't tell you how, I can't tell how you feel about this story. I mean, me, could you just tell me how you (laughs) really feel? Holy cow. I hate entitlement. I really do. I hate entitlement. I'm with Jodie Foster. Did you see how she made the, made the comment about working with these Gen Zers on her latest movie set. She's like, they're a nightmare. She's like, they, they show up when they want. They're like, oh, that really doesn't work for me right now. Not sure. And she said their emails are a disaster in terms of the grammatical errors. She's like, what you, did you proofread this? And they're like, well, why should I be so constrained when it comes to grant? I work hard. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Keep your head down and your mouth shut other than to volunteer for jobs that you think are beneath you. That's how you make an impression. That's how you get ahead. That's what will make the difference between you and the others so you don't get included in the rift. Poor me. I demand answers. I'm telling you I was great and I'm going to videotape you and post it online is not the way forward.
Look, the simple truth is there are people who see the way the world is and then behave accordingly. And then there's another set of people that want the world to bend to however they wish it would be. She's seen, Brittany here, seems to fall into the latter camp. Like, I want things to be a certain way and I worked here and I didn't close any deals, but I deserve a job. The, the CEO is clearly saying that's not the case. The, the truth, though, is that you can look at the world the way it is and people can hire people, they can fire people. You will be judged based on your character and your competence and your hard work and, and a bunch of stuff that sometimes is unfair as well. Uh, but it's on you to level up. I mean, that that's actually the beauty of life. It kind of sucks if you view yourself as a victim all the time. But if you look at life as, as a series of challenges to better yourself and better your relationships and be honest in your business dealings and hopefully in your private life and all of those things, you can start creating structures around you that will allow you to accomplish a lot of the things that you want. Maybe not the exact dream that you had when you were 21. You know, I, I wanted to be a, a sports center anchor at one time when I was like 15. I wanted to go to Syracuse actually because they had the best uh, communications department and that's where Bob Costas yep. went and I think Marv Albert and all these other guys and Megan Kelly went there. And, and I didn't become a sports broadcaster, but I did become a broadcaster and, and I love what I'm doing. So it's like, if you work hard and you, you find out where your weaknesses are, you don't burn every bridge known to man. You don't turn on everybody. You don't videotape private calls. Things might work out for you. Maybe. Right. Maybe. You, you don't play the victim, but just correction. I did not go to Newhouse. I did not get in. I went to the political science school. I love that story. But in any event, um, the, it reminded me of when I was in law school, I did a, an internship. I did a couple of them, right? You do one after first year, you do one after second year. After second year, I really hoped that that turned into a real job offer for me. I was in Syracuse, New York. I went to law school in Albany, but I went back to Syracuse for an internship at a law firm. And I really, I mean, at that point in my life, Dave, I was planning on taking a job working in Syracuse at some small law firm. And I thought I'd, you know, work as a Syracuse lawyer and get married to some guy there. And that's where I would live my life. Well, they didn't make me an offer did not make me an offer at the end of the summer. And I was devastated. I couldn't believe it. I went out in my, did I videotape anybody? No, I did not. I went out in my car and I cried. That's what happened. I felt bad for myself for about two minutes. I was disappointed in myself for not getting the offer. And then I went back to law school for my third year and I worked my ass off. I went to the career center. I asked questions about what could I possibly get? Most of my colleagues have already gotten their big job offers from these big New York city firms, which I didn't get into to begin with. You know, I got into the smaller Syracuse firm and they didn't make me an offer. What can I do? I got the list. I worked them all. I considered my grades. I considered everything. What kind of a person is this firm looking at? And that firm, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I got an offer from this firm that was paying more than double what that Syracuse firm had offered me and was offering me the chance to go to DC or Dallas or New York or Chicago, all of which were so exciting to me, a small town girl. And I wound up going to Chicago where I'd never been. And I loved it. And by the way, that Syracuse firm then came back to me and made me an offer. But the point huh. is, huh. every setback you have is a yes. chance for an opportunity. It's a chance for something bigger and better to happen. It's a chance for you to reflect on yourself. Why didn't you get saved? Why were you turfed? It doesn't matter what they say. You know in your heart and in your head, there's something you left on the, pl on the, on the playing field. There, there has to be. Otherwise, they would have held on. Do better. Use it as an opportunity, as a gift for your next chapter. Don't sit there playing the victim, lamenting the past couple of months or what this company who doesn't know you did to you. It's, the, it's a loser's mentality.
I love seeing this Jordan Peterson-esque version of Megyn Kelly. You, of course, you're, you're so right. It, and don't you, for all your success and fame and all the stuff that you've accomplished, don't you look back on some of those as the good old days, like the struggle part of it and the, and the crying yes. in the car? It was all, because I feel that too. I, I had years where I was absolutely broke. You know, I was standing out in Times Square, handing out tickets to comedy shows, no matter what the weather was like, two hours a night. I bartended, I waited tables. I did every ridiculous job you could do i was i was part-time janitor at one of the comedy clubs cleanups and the, trust me there's nothing worse than a comedy club bathroom like i did all of that and and it was horrible at the time but i had a dream and now i look back and i'm like i don't know how the hell i did it i honestly have no idea how i survived but i did survive i i was so broke that i had a buddy of mine who was in food service in the tri-state area and he used to deliver me uh, commercial size uh, tuna fish in giant cans, like huge cans like this that were for restaurants and big things of soup. And that's what I survived on for oh. like three years. I couldn't scrape two coins together to get a cup of coffee at Zay Bars on the Upper West. But eventually the work, the work, the work, you don't know why you're doing it. It sucks. You're depressed. Is it ever going to happen? But otherwise everyone would do whatever the hell they wanted to do. If it was easy, if it was all easy, everyone would do it. So she unfortunately yeah. has just tripped herself up now because she's just closed a lot of doors. I think maybe she thought she was going to get some cred here and that would open up some doors, but she just closed an awful lot of doors for her. hundred percent. I hope she learns something from this and it's not the lesson she thinks she did. Dave Rubin, what a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Megan, we will see what happens tonight. And... Then I guess we'll talk I about have it on your show tomorrow. If it doesn't work out. Yeah. No, no, we'll talk about it on your show tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that too, my friend. All the best. All right. Good to see you. Dan. Okay. From one Florida man to another. Up next, Representative Byron Donalds. He's live as a Trump surrogate in Iowa, trying to get every last voter to go out there and caucus for the former president. We'll talk to him about what he's seeing on the ground, what he's feeling. Right now, get the SiriusXM app for free for three months. Hear over 425 expertly curated channels, including ad-free music for every genre, artist, mood, and more. Hear concerts featuring the biggest names in iconic venues and exclusive in-studio performances. With SiriusXM, you'll get more sports in one app than anywhere else. With live play-by-play -play from NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, and many more. Get the latest predictions, analysis, and fantasy all week long, including sports talk athlete to athlete and player to fan. From lifestyle, fashion and finance to faith and health, hear the biggest names in entertainment, comedy and talk with A-list interviews, exclusive specials and around the clock stand up in every style. Plus the latest headlines and in-depth reporting from around the world, including politics from every angle. All of this and more is available now. Go to SiriusXM.com slash MK show to subscribe and get three months free. Offer details apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. 
IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Join me now, another Florida man, just like Dave Rubin is now, U.S. Congressman Byron Donalds, who is supporting former President Donald Trump. He's on the ground right now in Iowa, the final Trump event before the caucuses begin. All right, Representative Donalds, you're a Florida man. You must be freezing. Are you freezing out there in <laughs> Iowa right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm cold. And this is the reason why I left New York, because my toes and my fingertips never did well with the cold weather. Feeling it right now, but I did make sure I packed my long john, so I got those on. <laughs> feeling okay. But, you know, just excited to be here in Iowa. Yeah, it's a very cool environment. I've been out there uh, for virtually every caucus since I've been in journalism and there's an excitement in the air. It's like, you know, democracy in action, as they say. So how are you feeling about tonight? Um, Trump's way ahead in the latest polling, but, you know, Iowa's known for producing sleeper winners. So how are you feeling? I feel good. You know, I think for us, it's really about turnout. Will our, will, you know, our voters get out to the caucuses and do their job? We believe that's going to occur because if you look at any polling metrics that, 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 that is out there, the most motivated voters in Iowa are Trump voters. So we think that it's going to be a big night for the president. Um, look, the biggest question is how big is the margin going to be, in my opinion? I think it's going to be double digits. And when that occurs, I think that the nominating process in our party is going to pretty much be over after that. You know, if Trump wins tonight by anything less than 30 points, the mainstream media tomorrow will say he's a loser. He, he has no momentum. Shock. Second place finish by whomever. Right. They help drive it. Will that matter? And do you expect that? It won't matter. And I expect the media will do anything to try to, you know, belittle what Donald Trump's going to accomplish here in Iowa. But at the end of the day, I mean, look at New Hampshire. The polling is massively ahead. You go to South Carolina, he's going to be massively ahead. Florida, my home state, he's massively ahead. There's not a state in the country where it's even in single digits. So I think that, you know, he doesn't have to have this massive 40, 50 point win to, to make a statement. The only real statement I think is, does anybody even get close? That's the only statement that really matters. And I don't think anybody's going to get close. You're going to see that in every state, which is why Donald Trump is going to be our, our nominee. OK, I've got to ask you about what's happening between Trump and Vivek, because at some point Vivek was going to have to switch from Trump's the greatest Trump, 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 Trump to Vivek. How about Vivek? <laughs> and it seems to have happened <laughs> where he's he's changing the message to in order to save Trump. You have to vote for Vivek. Here's just a little bit of an interaction he had with one Iowa voter that's going on social media. Take a look, look at SOT6. Of you, just they like are scared of Trump. Oh, they are scared and they will stop at nothing. But we're not going to let him get away with it. I've got fresh legs. I'm not wounded. And they're not going to let this man do it. You know, when you this said eliminate, that gave me a chill. But because I'm scared. Because you think it's false or because you think it's true? I think it's true. Yeah. I think they will stop at nothing to stop them. Stop Trump. I'm, I, it's sad, but it's the truth. They say. How do you feel about the United States? And I say, I'm worried and I'm fearful. 
my job that you don't have to feel that way in this country. But we're losing it. We're, lo it's, it, we're losing it. It, it pains me to hear people. that. You want to save Trump, you vote for me. I'm telling yeah. you that. You, have, you vote for Trump. You're sending He's him. a sledgehammer. No, but you're sending him to his own demise. You're falling into the trap that not only a country's falling in, that he's falling. You want to save Trump, you vote for me. What do you make of that message? Trump is wounded. The party needs fresh legs. And if you want to save Donald Trump, you need to vote for Vivek. I just don't agree with that. I don't even understand that message. You want to save Donald Trump, you vote for Donald Trump. This makes no sense to me. Look, I think what he's trying to figure out is any way to build some momentum because he's lost a lot in this race. And trying to do that on the coattails or climbing up the back of President Trump, you know, I mean, that's one way to do it. But I just don't agree with that strategy at all. You don't save another candidate by telling them to vote for you. You say, look, this is what I'm about. Here's my platform. Here's what I represent. You want to be the new generation of Republicans. That's all fine, well, and good. But you don't do that on the back of President Trump. I, I just don't agree with that strategy at all. And look, for the voters in Iowa or any other, anywhere else, what's going to be determinative for President Trump's success is you voting for Donald Trump, period, full stop. Everything else is the, the chicanery of politics. Hmm. The Trump campaign said Vivek is a fake. Trump said he's not MAGA. Uh, Vivek's defenders say he is MAGA. He's just next generation. He's, he's America first next generation with the fresh legs. What do you think? No, I think that's ridiculous. The MAGA movement is built around Donald Trump. That's just what it is. And I think as a step back, when you look at any political candidate uh, or, or president that takes fire, really takes hold in any political party, what typically happens is other people come along who try to recreate that coalition. The Democrats have been trying to do that uh, with the Obama coalition. They can't do it. You have Republicans trying to do that with President Trump. They can't do it because <clears throat> that political movement is centered around the individual. I tell candidates all the time, don't try to be Donald Trump. Be yourself. You can be America first. You can support the Constitution. You can do all those things, but you cannot be Donald Trump. He's one of one. Be who you are. And if voters choose to follow that and they choose you, then that's a great thing. And if they don't choose to follow you, well, guess what? There's a bunch of people that lose in political races. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, a Republican Party is going to have some soul searching to do let's say Trump wins and serves a second term and then exits because he's term limited on what the next generation of America first looks like at some point, if they want to keep it rolling, they are going to have to think about successors and other people who have the same ideas. I think Vivek's got his hand up, you know, high for to be considered. We'll see. We'll see whether that works. All right, let's yeah. switch over to the Democratic side because there was some interesting news for them. And this is relevant to what's happening tonight in in Iowa. Joe Biden now with his lowest approval rating ever and the lowest in 15 years of presidential polls. Just to give you some of the numbers, only 31% of women now approve of the job he's doing. He won 57% of women in 2020. My God, that kind of a fall is severe. Um, he has 41% support among college graduates. That's a 10-point dip. 21 points below his average with black people. 15 points below his average with Hispanic voters six points below his average with white people. We could keep going. These are, this is a hemorrhage. And I do wonder, you know, do you think any one of these Republicans would put an end to the Biden presidency? I know you want President Trump, but given these numbers, like, do you think any Republican could take him out? 
Well, I do believe any Republican can take him out because he's awful. This is the worst president we've seen in the modern era. I call him the master of disaster for a reason because everything has gone wrong, Megan. I mean, everything. Pick an issue. It's been bad for the United States of America. But it's bigger than that. It's also the fact that he does not look like he's physically capable of doing this job. The White House has hid him from the American people for most of his presidency already. He doesn't talk to the press. And look, on Capitol Hill, we're having this argument about spending and what should we do to try to secure the border. My argument to Republican colleagues is you want to force an argument that makes Joe Biden go to the microphones because he cannot command the bully pulpit. So, of course, his numbers are going to stink with the American people because he's been a terrible president and he can't even make an argument for why the American people should support him. I think he's going to lose to Donald Trump. But to your question, I think he loses to any Republican. The problem for Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek Ramaswamy is that Republican voters overwhelmingly want Donald Trump back in the White House. My God, the video of President Biden out of, I guess it's Emmaus, um, Pennsylvania from Friday. He was being introduced to employees of, I've heard that it's a bike shop. Look at this. Look at this. The poor gentleman has to stop him from going forward. You can see he doesn't know. I mean, we've all seen this with our elderly relatives where you kind of need to manhandle them. I mean, they think he, they're telling us he can do five more years. Do you believe it? No, and nobody does. And I think especially when you look at what's happening, black voters, they see this thing. You have Charlemagne the God on the breakfast club basically saying to, to, to people on his show, he's too old and everybody knows it. And it's even not so much about his age because people try to throw the age in. That's not it. It's his mental capacity and acuity. You can't have a president look lost in a bike shop. What does that say to, to, to Xi Jinping or to Vladimir Putin or to Rocket Man himself in North Korea or to the mullahs in Iran? What does it say to our allies? This is terrible. And to watch my Democrat colleagues have to defend this, they know this the same thing that all Americans can see. Mm. On the black vote, he's doing uh, Joe Biden. They say it's a stark difference between uh, those who are over 50, 50 and up approve of Joe Biden, 65 percent. Those who are younger than 50, only giving him a 32 percent approval rating. That is not helpful in the Democratic Party where they really need black voters to come out overwhelmingly for them. Um, while we're on the subject of race, Fannie Willis, who's trying to take down Donald Trump in Georgia, she's his DA, his prosecutor down there, is in a whole heap of trouble because she allegedly had an affair with her special prosecutor she brought in. And then on his dime or, you know, with in part his dime, traveled the world. She was going to Jamaica. She was going to Napa Valley. And so she the allegation is she has a financial incentive to keep this case going and to keep the special prosecutor right there nice and close to her. She hasn't denied it. It's been alleged in a legal pleading. We'll see how it plays out. She took to the microphones over the weekend, including yesterday, and said in part the following. Take a listen. Stop two. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. <laughs> You're furrowing your brow. Why? And the Lord did not cause you to stumble into $600,000 of taxpayer money because you're sleeping with the dude who's the lead prosecutor. The Lord didn't call you to do that, Fanny. <laughs> you thought you were going to get away. And so you try to get the church's money. That's what happened here. And you got caught. 
It's that simple. And look, is this case, should this case be thrown out? It should, because it is clear you have prosecutorial misconduct. And listen, Megan, I heard your, your interview the other day talking about this, where now that he was billing, uh, he billed the, the Fulton County DA's office for 24 hours of discovery, having meetings in Washington, D.C. with in the White day. House counsel. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know that. Everybody knows that. But I got one other question. Now my question is, what does the White House counsel know? When did they know it? And what does Joe Biden know? And when did he know it? Because if they're meeting with the White House counsel's office, you can't tell me that they did not tell the president what was going on. It smacks of coordination, uh, which they've been denying that there's been. So if, if in fact, they were coordinating with the Fannie Willis prosecution, they have some answers to provide. Um, well, I want to real quick, one thing, one thing on Fannie Willis, and I want to make sure I get to this. She is in a, she's a long line of politicians who are trying to essentially take advantage of Trump to build their name ID. And she was also trying to get money in the process. Don't go into a black church and say, oh, pray for me. You did wrong and you know you did wrong. You're in violation of any lawyer's ethics standards in any state in the country. Don't go to the church now asking for prayer and forgiveness. You knowingly did it and you got caught. She should be removed. She should be disbarred. All right. Last uh, last quick issue. White House protests on Saturday night. I mean, the, the pro-Palestinian protesters, it looked very insurrectiony to me. They the one person was trying to scale the fence to get on the White House grounds. It was incredibly raucous. Here's a little bit of it in SOT 13. Shaking the gates. New York Post reporting representative, no arrests, no arrests were made. Think there's a double standard? Oh, there's a huge double standard. It's all politics. Look, the, the reality is, is that the, the district attorney, the state attorney, whatever they call them, the U.S. attorney, excuse me, in the D.C. district, that guy only picks Republicans and MAGA supporters to prosecute. He doesn't want to prosecute Democrats. He doesn't go after anybody in D.C. that's committed a crime. He lets them go. But if you're a MAGA, if you're a Republican, he tries to throw you under the jail. This is why you have to actually change the D.C. circuit. Enough's enough. We've got to have real reforms at the Department of Justice. And you're never going to get it out of Joe Biden in this White House or any Democrat for that matter. It's a massive double standard. And that's the type of thing that destroys our institutions more than anything. All right. In 20 seconds or less, what's going to happen in Iowa tonight? Uh, I think Trump's going to be plus 15, plus 17, not going to be close. Representative Byron Donalds, always great to see you. Thanks so much for coming on. All right. Thank you so much, Megan. Take it easy. All right. Stay warm. Get those hand warmers out. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how cold everybody is there? And thanks to all of you for joining us today. We're going to have all the Iowa angles covered for you tomorrow. So make sure you tune into the show. The post-election day shows are among my very favorite. And we've got it covered. Uh, Stu and Dave are back. Uh, so we'll bring you all the very latest. Thanks for listening to The Megan Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, Kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. 
set up chores, and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.